Corpses, lumbering, rotting cadavers. They are amongst us. Welcome to the first episode of Halloween 2023 on the main feed for Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Oh. Oh. Perfect. I'm so glad that happened. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey guys. Oh, oh, we have you can tell we have upped the budget this year. <laughs> I, well, I'm I'm I was hoping no one else but me knew about the soundboard, but I guess <laughs> I guess we've all found it. <laughs> Which means there's going to be a whole lot more air horn than you normally expect in an episode of Retrovaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they add we're go, this? We're going, we're going for those jump scares on this one. Well, that's going to do it. Because we are, of course, talking about horror games. And this time we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, recently we had somebody ask if we're going to be covering any GameCube games. And this is one. We're going to be talking about GameCube exclusive Eternal mm -hmm. Darkness for the GameCube. But before we get to that, Billy, have you been playing anything scary for the season? Well, uh, yeah, I I've been playing... Plenty of scary games. Um, maybe the scariest game around. I had recently redownloaded just because it was on the you know the, the PlayStation Plus collection. Just to see, I jumped back on and, and Jeremy Gregory, you might get a kick out of this one. Redownloaded Alone in the Dark. Oh that Alone in the Dark. Yeah. Um, you know, I got I got about twenty minutes in, and I I kind of had to tap out. Yeah, it's still. <laughs> It's it's still a mess. It it is probably the scariest thing I will witness this year. Um, but no, I I've I've been trying to do it up. I got on and I kind of uh looked on games I already have. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm waiting for the damn they always wait too late for the, the damn spooky game sales. Roll that shit out at the beginning of October. Um, uh, but no, I've I've been playing uh, Uncanny Valley, which is one I've had downloaded forever. Um played through stories untold, which is just Awesome game. I had started at one point, one of those I just completely forgot, and went back and finished it up. I uh, finished up that Lies of P also. Um, and, and damn it, it has a very satisfying new game plus. So I jumped in, but then I, you know, I tore myself away from it. I, I got shit I got to do. I've got, I've got spooky games to play. I've got Alone in the Dark to revisit, apparently. I also tried a little bit of Alone in the Dark, but not on the PlayStation. Uh, I tried that Game Boy one that came out on the on the Switch Game Boy library, and uh, oh my god! Mm -hmm. You know, I I kind of wish we were covering that this month, but we're not. So I'm not going to talk more about that. Maybe that's for next year. Uh, but if you're looking for a horror game, uh, you could 
you could do better. Um, so the other thing I've been playing is our last <laughs> bonus episode was on Grab by the Ghoulies for the Xbox, uh, which yes. is on the Rare Replay. So I finally took time and dug through the Rare Rare Replay. Um, you know, I already mm-hmm. played a lot of the games, you know, the Banjo-Kazooies and Jetpack Gemini and all those games, even the NES games. I knew most of the games around there. But that first, like, four or five games that are on there that are like the Spectrum ZX games, absolutely loving them. I love kind yeah. of the older, simple computer games. And uh, and these these have been fun. Uh, the jetpack game they put on there is is as simple as you can get, but it's very classic arcade feeling. And there's a game called Attack Attack that's basically like a du- an isometric dungeon maze game. Um, it's not mm-hmm. platformy like uh, like Equinox or anything, but it's it's just like kind of mindless. But you have to just find items and use them in different rooms. I don't know. I'm having a great time with those games. But those are not Halloweeny games. The only thing on there that's even remotely Halloweeny is of course grabbed by the Ghoulies. So the other thing I just started playing, and I'm only two days into it. And I mean, two days of playing like an hour a day is maybe two years ago. I said I finally got through and played The Evil Within, the first one. Uh, I had it forever and I never really put time into it. And finally, I finished it. I think it was two years ago because last year is when I had COVID and no one had any fun. Uh, So this year, it's on Game Pass. So I started playing The Evil Within 2. I heard mixed things about it ahead of time, but, you know, I liked the first one. So I gave this a shot. I don't know if either of you played the second one. I'm enjoying it way more than the first so far. Again, only two hours in. Maybe next week or next episode I'll tell you how bad the rest of the game is. But right now, I'm enjoying the fact that it has these more open-worldy segments in between the the more traditional kind of hallways with the stuff in them that the first game was. Uh, it's very linear, the first game. This has a, a much more open-worldy section where you have to actually kind of stay stealthy. There's other optional things you can find and do to get supplies. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, so I've been playing that, and, and that's nice because I, I really do feel like that is the, you know, it's very much about having resources. It's very much staying, you know, don't run at everything. You run out of bullets real quick and then have to hide from, you know, the stuff you can't hide from, you're fucked. So it's, it's nice to have, like, a chance to really... You know, especially if you're playing grab, grab by the Ghoulies, which has none of that, to have this kind of like intense horror experience. So I, I've been enjoying that thoroughly uh, while playing this for this podcast. But Jeremy, what have you been playing? Anything that fits the season? I think it's a, a goddamn Halloween miracle because I played Alone in the Dark, the new the, one. Wow, the trifecta. There, there's a, a hat new trick. Th- this, this has not been talked about no, ahead of time. Not at all. No, no. Well, and and this was a few weeks ago, so technically before Halloween. But there's a new Alone in the Dark game, if you hadn't even noticed. I mean, I wouldn't blame you. No one's mentioned it at all. (laughs) But there's a demo that's like episode one or something. It's all right, you know, but I I can't believe that all three of us have somehow (laughs) managed to go back and play three separate Alone in the Dark games. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anymore. Um, but and, and uh, along with playing the uh, alone in the dark games, we each uh, in real life spend a lot of time alone in the yes, dark every day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I, uh, I didn't finish Liza P. I got about more than halfway through, and mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm think I think I'm throwing in the towel on that one. I I just uh, I I've kind of come around to the the gameplay and everything like that, and I like I really mm-hmm. like the story and. And, you know, how they fit Pinocchio in with all that stuff. But I just can't get past that level design. I just do not care for it. It Mm. comes off to me as, you know, that that one meme that's like, you know, Mom, can I get Dark Souls? We've got got Dark Mm -hmm. Souls at home. And Liza (laughs) P is Dark Souls at home. It's it's Um, very linear. It it is very linear. It it is Um, like, you can copy, like, the best gameplay and all that stuff. But you cannot copy that that level design mm-hmm. because these are very tiny levels. 
some of them kind of, you know, they, they do spread out a little bit, but they're very simple. They're very linear. It's, there's only a couple levels here and there that I went to that even have like areas that are kind of off the beaten path that you can explore. Mm-hmm. Most of it's just little nooks and crannies. Yeah. Like if you, if you find an alleyway or the path splits off into two, I guarantee you one's only going to go about 50 yards <laughs> before you get to the, where it's going. And, and it is just, it's weird like that. And it really uh, kind of stops me from playing these games the way that I usually play them, which is grind mm. them to death. And this mm. game doesn't really want you to grind. It really just wants you to play through it. And uh, even at some point, like, um, it, it really discourages you from grinding. or it, You're just not getting enough ergo or souls uh, to really level up much more. And it, it's just... It is, uh, it's just not the way I guess I play my Souls games. And, mm-hmm. um, but I do think it's a fun, as far as Souls games go, I think it's really good. Uh, the gameplay, once you kind of come around to it, it's good. Once you start getting some upgrades, even the dodge is, is okay to use. Um, but, but yeah, just, man, those, those levels. If, you have, if you've ever wanted to play a Souls game where you just have these very video gamey levels and there's mm-hmm. just a very set path from beginning to end, uh, this one will do it for you. Um, and, and even enjoying it as much as I have, I, that is, it's a fact. Uh, you either kind of lean in. For me, I just had to lean in because it's its a real looker. Uh, you know, It is. And you get to take it all in because, like I said, it's its linear. Uh, but no, I, th- I think it was that. The story pulled me in. I, I, I love that entire kind of atmosphere there. Um, but yeah, it's it's a thing. I, I, I'm glad you came around to the controls. I finally did, because Lord knows that game wants you to fucking parry, and that is something I will never master in any single game. So yeah, that's, I, I know that's we, a big thing. I, they want it. They want it bad, um, but it ain't happening. Even once you like upgrade your dodge to where you can like mm-hmm. cancel into a second dodge, mm-hmm. like it's still not. That ain't how this game wants you to play. Yeah. It is it is heavy on that that parry mechanic, and I, I'm interested to see if Jeremy ever plays this, what he thinks of it, because I know he he was pretty good at, at Sekiro, so mm. maybe he'll get into it and, and tell me that I'm dumb as hell. So, But mm. I think it's cool. It's just not the kind of Souls game that I like. I yeah. Guess. But yeah, that's I guess that's about the spookiest things that I've been playing lately. Yeah, I watched someone play a little bit of it on Twitch, and I definitely want to give it a shot, but it will be after this month. We have too many games to play, including the game we're going to talk about now, Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. I think we've all played this before. I think we mentioned this, uh, you know, we were kind of planning out this episode. We had all played this before, but uh, I definitely played this when it was new. I bought this. Uh, at this point in time, I I, I lived in a house with four other people, uh, in, uh, and it was like I wanted to get back to being scared of video game. I hadn't been scared of a video game since the original Resident Evil. You know, everyone gets scared mm. of that dog scene, because if you don't know what's coming, it comes out of nowhere, and it was like the first time I ever jumped yeah. playing a video game since I was a child. So I was like, I want to, re- I want to recreate that, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. So this game came out, Eternal Darkness. I saw that it was kind of a uh, another survival horror type game was how it was being built, and 
you know, so I, I waited till night when everyone else was out and I turned off all the lights in the house. It was just me and this big empty house because it was like four guys. We had like six couches and nothing else in the entire house. So it was just and, and a TV. So I'm just sitting there by myself. I grabbed a couple of beers. I'm going to play this game. And I got I got into it and maybe about an hour and a half in. And we're going to talk about some of the things the game does to mix it up and mm-hmm. what, it, what makes it stand out. Uh, I start hearing this like pounding sound out by the garage there's nothing else in the house and it's an attached garage so it's just this pounding repeated noise well this game has things that happen where like random noises occur and whatever else it's a, it's a horror game right so that sort of thing I, I got so like thrown off by it that i had to turn the game off and i had to like creep through the house holding like a broom or something because i wasn't sure what it was going to be uh, one of my roommates had put their shoes in the dryer and i guess <laughs> i guess it finally started up <laughs> but i was just i mean it was it could not have happened at a better time in the game because everything was really like yeah. getting intense and all of a sudden i hear this pounding sound on the other side of my house and it was like what's going on and i might have had a couple beers to mix in so i played mm-hmm. this and i thoroughly enjoyed it at the time i'm looking forward to revisiting it now but i'm assuming both of you played it uh before but if not i guess let me know oh yeah uh this was definitely uh a a game a horror game on the gamecube you weren't getting you know you know nintendo was they had delved into you know some games some more mature games at that point yeah i think you know i think mortal kombat 2 kind of opened the door on the Super Nintendo, and the 64 had, you know, a, a, a title here or there. I know it had a great uh, Resident Evil 2 port on it. But still, there, there, there wasn't a lot of spookiness going on on the old GameCube outside of uh, the, the level of, like, a, a Luigi's Mansion. Um, or, or, I'm sorry, uh, Luigi's Ghost House. There we go. Uh, yes. Uh, but no, this, uh, this one, when I saw it, uh, and it, it only took a couple of magazine articles to, to sell me on this one. Because uh, I, I I was all in on it, and it instantly not just because it was on the GameCube and it was a kind of one of a kind on there, uh, but no, just it's a great game at what it does. Playing through it, I was going to be playing through it now. I was interested in seeing kind of if it would be you know as effective because I it, we're incredibly desensitized nowadays. Like we've had some intense shit like Outlast. You know, things like that have come around. Uh, the, the amnesia games. Uh, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see going back to this one if it, if it still hit hard. And I, I, I will say that um, I, I was I was both impressed and let down here and there. And we'll talk more about it as we go. Yeah, I, I bought this when it came out. And I wasn't the biggest GameCube person, though I think that first year I was I was really buying a lot of the stuff that came out for mm-hmm. the GameCube. And I think this came out pretty early uh, as far as like the GameCube when it came out. Um, but yeah, I, I bought this and, and played through it and was just amazed at what it was doing because it, it did stuff that other games back then, even to this day, really you know, if they try to do it, they don't really do it this well. Because there's a lot of stuff in this game that is so well done that even today, it still got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from jump scares to, to all the little tricks that it plays on you and stuff. Even some stuff that I didn't even remember back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. th- there's just a lot of stuff. We'll we'll go over, you know, a lot of that stuff when it comes up. But yeah, it it was one of my favorite horror games back in the day, just the presentation, the story, the, all the different characters and, and stuff that you, the ages that you go through was just so different compared to something like resident evil, 
uh, and especially like the slower pace of Resident Evil. This is definitely a little bit faster paced as, as far as the combat goes and what you can do. Um, just more in depth. Like it, it felt like a full package as far as like a horror game goes, especially on mm-hmm. the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I was really impressed by it. And, and coming back to it and playing it a little bit this month, it's, it's still pretty good. Uh, you know, maybe in the later later parts of the game, it falls off for me just like it did back then. But still, yeah. I, I think, you know, this is a, a damn solid game, even to this day. Yeah, and it goes without saying, I have to say it ahead of time. My favorite kind of Halloween film is an anthology film. Uh, give me give me a little. I, I, I've been talking to Jeremy P. <laughs> As I watch the uh, the old VHS films, oh yeah, uh, the VHS series, and, and I just love. Give me just a wrapper. Give me a wraparound on there, wraparound story that we we check in on, and send me somewhere else, you know, for for the other parts. And this is, it's that format. It, it is a great horror and anthology game. Basically, we'll we'll talk about it as you go along, but you you have your main storyline that you keep coming back to every now and then but you you go on a journey in this thing you do uh, i would say unlike something like vhs uh, which we were talking about or, or like a creep show or something that's an anthology these are all connected like those are just oh, horror yeah. stories yeah. with a wrapper on this this even though you are going different places and playing as different people in different times and everything else it all does tie together so it is it does feel like an anthology in that you you have little mm-hmm. bite-sized bits of story but it is all comprehensive it's not just this kind of haphazard collection of things uh like a movie like vhs would be um as jerry mentioned this is a fairly early gamecube title it's not a launch title by any means but the gamecube came out in 2001 this game came out in 2002 it was uh published by nintendo themselves but it was developed by silicon knights uh we mentioned them most recently in the legacy of kane episodes they were the developer of the original legacy of kane uh and then of course there are all the the bad blood happened between them and crystal dynamics and they didn't make the follow-ups to uh to the kane series uh but the next game they made after Legacy of Cain, a good six years later, was Eternal Darkness, a game they started working on essentially once the the the, the folks at Nintendo saw kind of what they had done with this Dark Zelda-style game that the original Legacy of Cain was, and they said, we want you guys to make a game for Nintendo that is kind of this dark, edgy thing. You know, everyone's got survival horror. We'd like you to take your own spin at it or whatever. And six years later, this game came out. Um, it is, unlike a game like Resident Evil or even Silent Hill. Uh, like Jeremy mentioned, the speed in this is a little bit faster. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on who you are at the time, the game could be a lot faster. So the, the core of the game, I guess the wraparound, like Billy mentioned, is you are uh, Ex- Alexandra Roivis, and your grandfather uh, apparently uh, is, is murdered in their house, and no one can figure out what happened. So two weeks later, you as his only heir, I guess you own the mansion now, and you go there to kind of do some, some detective work. See if you can figure out why he would have been murdered uh, see if you can figure out anything that would lead to, to what happened to him uh, so that you can kind of move on, get some closure. He's your only relative. You want to know what happened. Uh, and immediately, things are kind of off. It's, it's, of course, a big empty mansion, which in any horror game is a, is a great setting. Um, it has it has the, the tenseness up because it has all the right sound effects and everything else, but also it has some jump scare moments where mm-hmm. things happen like... There's a bathroom scene, you know, that was a, that's what I remember the most when I played this the first time is when you pull back the, the, the bathroom curtain and like something's there and you look back and it's gone. It's that same kind of like horror movie feel. But eventually, as she goes to the house and finds some clues, she does find this uh, like skin bound book 
that is called The Tome of Eternal Darkness, which she then starts reading, and that starts these like vignettes, like Billy called them, where you're going to different times and places and playing as different characters. Like it switches. You're no longer Alexandra. You're now, uh, you know, Pius Augustus, this Roman warrior or, or whatever for the next section. And you'll go through these different times and places to essentially find, like solve puzzles and find artifacts is the best way to do it. I, I don't know how much of the story we want to necessarily give away because I think there's a lot of really cool twists and turns in this, but um, you, you, will, you will find something in this, this I don't want to call it a dream, this historical flashback sequence that then when you go back to the current time where uh, Alexandra's going to the mansion, the same sort of puzzle or whatever is right there. And now you'll know how to get through this part to let you go to the next chapter of the game. So it's not something where it's like, oh, you need to know this this breakdown of a puzzle like oh you have to hit these three colors even if you know that you can't open the door until you've gone through the dream section but the first time you play this game through it's neat because it's like it just blends seamlessly back into this this mansion section where she'll see like oh i need to make sure i you know push these certain pillars this way and then you go back in the actual game and the same thing is there on the side she can hit all of a sudden it opens up like a new panel to a new a new item that she'll look at and then when she looks at that plus the book it goes back to another flashback or whatever so it's it, the storyline is neat because it's not this linear one man or, you know, a couple people against a whole army of things. This is like she's alone in this house at the beginning, and it's just her kind of reading this book and getting sent back to their places where then you take over and you're doing all the combat and stuff. Uh, I, I love the setting of this game. Like I, I like Billy mentioned, I, I like that it's different. Um, it really does make it stand out. And, and the fact that you're going all these different areas, sometimes going back to those same areas in different time periods. It's neat. I never got bored with where I was going. Um, I, I always was very excited to see where I would go next. And then when you did figure out like, oh, this is where I was before, but it's, you know, 300 years later, it's a neat connection to make. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love like just the different characters that you take over. Like it is, you know, it's not just a bunch of her, like each one of the characters in the different eras feel very unique. You know, there's uh, like the Spartan soldier and, you know, he's all armored up and you got a sword and stuff like that. And you can attack. Uh, but then later on, you're playing as this weird priest guy. You know, he's slow and fat. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's uh, it, it's an interesting way of, of telling a story with all of these different types of characters. You know, some of them may one may not have much health, but may be good with magic or whatever or something like that. And that's that was really a fun way to go throughout the game because it always felt like each one of those sections was kind of its own game. You know, not only did it take place in a completely different era that looks completely different from the last thing with its own unique kind of story and enemies for the most part. Um, but you know, th there was different types of gameplay that you had to learn with each character. And, and that really helped keep my attention uh, from, for most of it. Can I tell you one thing about this? It, it one thing I did not usually you think of a game uh, better than it is. And when you look back on it, you realize it was shittier and you thought there's one thing about this thing that I thought I was going to dread, but it turns out it was complete opposite. This game for the life of me, I recalled this game having tank controls. No, uh, I recall, I recalled it having tank controls and going into playing again. Uh, it was with gritted teeth. Cause it's like, oh, God damn it. Like we're not we're not doing any old Resident Evils, we're not doing any old Silent Hills. We're, we're, we, this is the first Halloween. There will not be tank controls, and, and fucking it might be, it might be yet. Uh, the the controls on here are very satisfying. I would have loved to have seen something like this on 
those old those you know those the games I just listed back back in the day. Uh, it, it shows that you can completely pull it off in combat, especially melee. Um, firearms, mm, with the exception of a couple, I, I waste of time. But melee on here is is tremendous. There's almost a, a rudimentary uh, VATS system. <laughs> you know, the, the little follow but it's more like the 76 one where time doesn't stop. Uh, but you're able to kind of highlight a, a body part, which is important because you, you've got to basically any encounter you have, it's going to drain that sanity. And but also at the same time, getting that sanity drained is when some of the fun shit happens on here. But you get a little bit back, you know, by just completely destroying um, the enemies you encounter. So it's 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 neat that you don't have to just mindlessly tap that button and hope that you're lopping limbs off. You can kind of focus. Uh, you can kind of go at it from that way. Uh, but no, I, I just was so, so thrilled with the controls in this thing. I don't know why I didn't recall that, but that was that was a big plus. That had me all the way on board. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising. Most of the games that were horror games at this time did play like the first Resident Evil. Even if they were slightly mm-hmm. better, it still played very much like that. Yeah, this was, mm-hmm. this is, this was a nice surprise that it didn't, um, which is good. I mean, this game is... Unlike a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill or any of those, the combat in this is much more of a focus. Um, you know, I, when I play Silent Hill, it's more about avoiding everything I possibly can. And you'll, you'll have to fight some things, but if you don't have to, great. Don't. Run away. Don't deal with it. Um, not just because you're not very good at combat, because you're just a guy, but also you have a very limited number of resources. Um, in Resident Evil, is even the same. Yeah, sure, by, by Resident Evil 5 and 6, you're just running around shooting, but the first couple... Resident Evils, you really wanted to be careful. Don't use all your weapons early. Save them. Later on, if you end up being a guy with six rocket launchers, great. Go to town. But at the start, you don't have that. Um, this game, instead, you have, as you mentioned, melee combat is kind of the bread and butter of this game. Yes, you do have some ranged weapons you can use. Depending on which character you have, there are some that are better than others. Uh, as Jerry mentioned, each character you're playing has a different set of stats. They all have the same general abilities, but they have different stats. So you mentioned the sanity. I'd like to at least go over the three main stats your character has. You have a health bar because it's a it, it's a video game. You have a health bar. Very clear. You have a sanity bar. Uh, as, as you see weird things happen, uh, and other games have done this before, but I don't think not necessarily quite as well, um, you will lose sanity. If you see things that don't make sense to a normal person, it will slowly drain your sanity. There's some things that will, will be very clear, like sanity draining areas, but sometimes it's just like you see weird things, your sanity bar shoots down some. It goes up as you you fight in combat or, or you can find spells that will help you because your third bar is your magic bar. Throughout the game, you will earn and find these runes. The runes can be used to cast spells. I think the, the spell casting this game was the part I had forgotten how neat it was. Because, yes, you can find some scrolls that tell you what some basics, you know, here's a basic healing spell. It's like these two runes. But as you earn other runes, you realize you can use a bunch of different runes and chain them together. You can mix and match and figure out what goes on. And just kind of early on, or not early on, but once you get the, the runes, just test. See what you can find. See what these spells do. And it's, I don't know, I love that. In a way, it reminds me of older... PC games where you had to kind of like remember the command words to do spells and stuff, but it wasn't quite that uh, that painful. Without a manual, you could you could still play this game and fool around with the runes and figure out what needed to happen. I, I thought the magic was really really cool as you learned it. But when you start the game at the very beginning, you don't have that. You have uh, basically just a health bar and a sanity bar, and then a sword or whatever your item is that you're running around attacking. And combat in this is much faster. Thankfully, it's not tank control, so it feels much more like a, a current 3D action game, kind of. Um, as Billy mentioned, when you're attacking enemies, parts of their body will flash. You can target certain things that will determine on how they, you know, how they, they die. 
Uh, I thought that was all very, very cool at the time. Um, mm -hmm. Playing it through this time, I thought there was a lot more combat than I remembered. Like, there's a lot of combat. And depending on which section you're in and which character you are, sometimes it felt more like a straight-up action game. Like, uh, when you are uh, Kareem, I guess, he's like this uh, this big, burly swordsman guy. Like, he's just shredding through these folks. <laughs> and it was yeah. fun, but yeah. I'd forgotten that part of it. I don't know why, in my mind, I guess because it's been 20 years, uh, in my mind, I remembered a lot of the 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 more stealthy parts or the more traditional horror parts, but playing through this, I was like, Oh yeah, this is much more of a hack and slashy kind of thing than I, than I remember. Yeah. There's, there's definitely more action than, than what you'd probably think in, in a game of this type and being able to like target the different limbs and, th and stuff like that. And uh, e even having a reason for it, because you need to knock somebody down before you can do the finishing move, mm -hmm. uh, which is what restores your sanity. Uh, you know, there's, there's a good deal of, you know, needing, to actually participate in combat rather than running away because you know once you do start running away and avoiding things or getting hit that sanity meter you know that is things start getting weird and i i think that's i think that's the thing that everyone kind of remembers this game for and it's done better than any game has done something like this since, in my opinion. I know there's other games that use a sanity meter. It's very standard in that Lovecraftian Cthulhu style. Like, uh, there's a sanity meter. You know, all those games do that. They have a sanity meter that makes things happen. Even like we talked about Dredge. Dredge has kind of that feature where if you go off into the dark at night, things happen and it gets weird, right? This, this though, is... It's not just like, oh, the game does some weird stuff to your character, right? It'd be one thing if it was like, oh, all of a sudden there's like enemies that show up or like there's parts where you'll see, and this does happen while in the middle of just doing something like their arms and legs will fall off and they'll just be bleeding everywhere. You're like, what? And all of a sudden that like flashes and screams and now you're back where you were before, right? There's all these weird things that happen to your character. But the game also does a ton of really crazy things to mess with you as the player, which I thought still is incredible. Yeah, yeah this, is, uh, this is the stuff that I was most looking forward to and come to find out either I, there, I, I saw stuff I have not seen before, or I, I just didn't recall. Um, I think, I think two of the classics um, there, there is of course the, the, the tub jump scare. Um, there is the, there's a, your controller is, is, is unplugged, um, which playing back at the time, I, it, fucking got me because uh, one of my good gamecube controllers was a was a, a, a battery battery one um and uh, what are they oh and there was the uh the the infamous blue screen yes the blue screen the got error the, the error screen that that basically is saying this game is fucked up uh it's 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 cutting off <laughs> you're probably gonna lose everything on you know it's just just stuff like it just stuff that goes beyond the game itself. There's some fucked up stuff on there anyway. Like your your character all of a sudden gets just cut in half at random. Uh, you fall down presumably dead only for it to flash and you're, you're still there intact. There, there are so many great things and the sound design is so good because after a while the, the music kind of fades and it just gets replaced with noises and I, I love running through halls in that mansion. And you notice like the, the, the eyes on paintings will follow you. The, the bust will, uh, the, mm -hmm. the heads will turn and look at just all kinds of really subtle that, that you could miss. Cause you're probably gonna be running. Uh, but they pack so much into this and it was, it was a real pleasure playing through this time, focusing a little bit more on that. Uh, and even the stuff I knew was coming the 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 fun behind it 
uh, you know, was still there, still there a hundred percent. I still loved the just ridiculous stuff this game did. And yes, this game got probably the, the most jumps out of me, um, that a game had at that point and that a, a game would for, for quite some time. Yeah. I love the, um, just the ones that are kind of there to annoy you. Like mm-hmm. the ones where it kind of it, it you come out of a scene or something and it says like your your shows like your TV's muted and there's no sound and it's just like bitch <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's just a, a a bitchy thing to do to somebody or um the one that's like your uh your save file is is oh god that one that, mm-hmm. that one was actually fucking mm-hmm. scary um, yeah for anyone that had memory cards back then you you know yes. like you, your fucking heart stopped right then yeah. Um, or the one that, you know, it's like, uh, the, this is the end of the demo, you know, yes. <laughs> play, play yes. the full game when it comes out. And it's like, it's yes. so many like little fun things that are just it, nothing that's scary. It's just there to kind of bug you and, and be weird. And I love stuff like that. It, it really just, you know, there's a lot of it that breaks the fourth wall and it, it it's there's few, very few games that pull it off, but j- because this is kind of built into the game, like it feels natural. And even when you start, like uh, your, your sanity starts going down, like little things, like Billy mentioned the sound cutting off or the camera mm-hmm. will actually start skewing a little bit mm-hmm. uh, or the, you know, and it'll start playing with like focal links and things like that to kind of just make you wonder, you know, it, it, things just don't look right. And it, it all comes together in this just, Amazing little package of just this game that is constantly trying to fuck with you. It re- it basically rewards you in its own way for being bad at this game <laughs> because yeah. I got the most enjoyment out of it when it was doing that stuff and fucking with me. And I there there is a rune in this game <laughs> that is easily missable. Uh, we uh, we didn't really discuss you know how finding the runes. You, there's yeah. like three in the beginning mm-hmm. um, that can kind of influence like your your path through the game or enemies or things like that um but then there's a fourth one that makes the game way too easy it's completely missable and if you if you find it it makes the game way too easy and that's when the game isn't as fun it's like it's like it really it needs all this other stuff because it's Mm -hmm. so damn entertaining and when you take it out it really just kind of becomes like a a mostly average action game with some horror elements thrown in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every, every, everything else, like all that sanity stuff thrown in, it's it's just perfect. It's so good. Well, it, it's the ones that I like the most. I mean, yeah, the ones like we were mentioning, like the, oh, this is the end of the demo and your save file. That's all really cool. The ones that really got me at the time were when the game would add those sound effects. Like you'd be in the mansion, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you'd hear an extra set of footsteps. And mm-hmm. I Maybe there is something there. Maybe there's not. I don't know. And so then you're running around paranoid because it's a horror game and you know something's coming at some point. Like They do a lot of really cool tricks with that sanity. Um, I, I do kind of want to go back and mention uh, the runes like what Jeremy just mentioned. Those aren't the magic runes that cast spells necessarily. Instead, these are um, at the start of the game when you go through the first kind of flashback sequence, you come to a point where there are three symbols that you have to choose from uh, that will determine... Not necessarily the path of the game. Like, the game is the same every time you play it, but it does change uh, what enemies you might find or what kind of magic spells you may need to use. And it does change some of the the cutscenes slightly, but the end, you know, beginning to end doesn't change. You still go through all those time periods, you still do the same Mm -hmm. end fight. Um, And it matters because 
the essentially you're playing paper rock scissors with those three runes, right? Um, they they basically are three different uh, ancient beings, right? It's their their essence and power that they will put into your character when you're in that section, and one of those other runes or or essences is the one that will beat your rune, and the other one's the rune that your rune is stronger than. So depending on what rune is picked at the beginning, will determine which enemies you're going to just shred through, and which enemies are going to be a lot harder for you to deal with, or you have to you know make sure you pull out all your bag of tricks to defeat them or run away from them. It's really cool, and and I like it a lot because it means you, that it didn't change the story on which runes your character is going after and what they're trying to do uh, until ultimately you get towards the end. And without, again, I don't want to spoil the whole story for this, even though it is a 20-year-old game. I think half most of the fun in this game, other than the weird mm-hmm. sanity things, is really kind of seeing how all these stories knit together and the way it works. Um you will have like the ultimate battle at the end of the game. That's not really spoiling anything. That's just what's going to happen. And it involves having your characters fight against uh, other characters that have these these evil powers or I guess uh, alternate powers. I don't know if anything's really good or evil in this. Um, alternate powers. And it, it then plays out in like this galactic fight sequence that you watch in between you having your regular yeah. fights. And then to get the true ending of the game, which is where that fourth rune Jeremy brought up kind of comes in to play, you have to have beaten it three times with all three runes picked. So you beat it the first time, and then you start next game, game plus, you start and go for a different rune. Then you play it again, you go for a third rune, and that's when you can finally see the true ending to the game, which I did not do when I played this the first time, because that's a lot to ask for. But I I did play through the second time and thought, okay, I'm going to do this third time, and just never got around to it. I did, I did finally get to see what happens when you do that. It gives you like a little extra scene at the end, which is kind of cool. But... I mean, that's that's really cool, and it wasn't really explained very well. I mean, in the manual, obviously, or anywhere else. I, you had to, like, see it in magazines and be like, oh, I've got to beat this again, and i got to beat it again. That's really cool. And it's it's oh, go ahead. it's not, like, the longest game either. Mm-mm, so, no. I mean, it, you can get through this fairly quick, and if you know what you're doing anyway. But, yeah, I, I, I only beat it once back in the day because I didn't know until way later that there was, like, you know, these new game pluses. Uh, just to get that little extra ending, and you know, by the time that rolled around, I'm pretty sure everyone could just watch it on YouTube anyway. But yeah, it, it's it is a lot to to play through this game, you know, that many times. Even though how how much fun it is, but still, uh, it's it's a neat little thing that they threw in there. And I think the runes overall is just a cool idea. Like this whole game, like you know, the whole like the runes themselves are these different kind of eldritch gods. And, like, the whole story is obviously kind of this, you know, Lovecraftian thing mm-hmm. that's that's going on. Um, and no one really did that back then. Like, I, this is the first game that I remember that really had a, a Lovecraft Lovecraftian story in it. You know, with these eldritch gods, you know, and all this kind of stuff that you're you're fighting against. But it's all, you know, mostly just futile or whatever. Like, that was really cool to me. And uh, that it, it it wasn't just your your typical zombies, you know. There was there was something yeah. else there that was very new at the time. It, it does a lot of things still. Um, a lot of unique things at the time, definitely. It, it was a a trailblazer, and it does so many things that still impress me to this day. And, and like you said, it's not a long game. Uh, play, man, playing through three times that that's not going to happen too quickly in a row. Uh, this is definitely one of those games you. Don't really just jump immediately back in, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't wear out its welcome. I don't feel like it gets long in the tooth at any point, uh, and uh, 
like we said, some of that shit on there you, you don't notice first times you play through. So it, it's it's a great game for replaying, and you know at least they give you give you a little little reason to want to do that. Just shocked that that this was it. Like the, the, this thing hadn't got a like a remaster. Nothing. That's it. one and done. Well, it, it's not for the lack of trying. Um, we are going to talk more about that in, in a minute, but I do want to, before we move on and talk about uh, other things this mm-hmm. company has done and why there isn't a sequel to this necessarily, um, we've, we've, we've kind of gushed about this game for the last half an hour, right? All the things it did, we yeah. liked it. Yeah. It has this really cool sanity <laughs> thing. I like the way the magic works. It's a faster game than Resident Evil, so if you're going into it and you, you know, if you're not a person that likes that, that more stealthy high intense uh you know mm-hmm. fear this doesn't have that like even though i was i freaked myself out i think it was more just this the setting and also the fact that the the way that the sanity things kind of creeped in you know i was like i was a little already on edge so i got creeped out then but the actual game there's not a lot that's scary here this is a problem i have with almost every single game that's this cthulhu style game and i think that um you know we mentioned dredge i think dredge is a good job by skirting this by not being incredibly graphic and therefore it's okay um a lot of these horrors are supposed to be things that are unthinkable and unspeakable, which makes them terrifying, right? If you think of like the most terrifying thing you can, everyone's got a different thing in their mind or a different, like, I, I wish I could imagine something that's scarier than this. And you're coming up with like, even if it's just flashes of things, just, you know, something that is going to make it so you're terrified of this thing because you don't understand it. But as soon as you make it a graphic thing that you can see, it becomes goofy. And it's my problem with every Lovecraftian movie. For the most part, there are some that do it do it okay, but most of them, at some point, the monster comes up and you're like, oh, it's just a big blob or whatever. Like the only thing that's close to that in this game is uh, you mentioned the fourth, the, the fourth entity that you kind of find that's for the final ending. I think he does that pretty well because um, it's basically mm. just this mass of eyes and teeth and stuff under a floor. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's un- unthinkable. You don't really know what it looks like. You just kind of see the top layer of this. But the other monsters the other entities you do see in full like if you play this game three times you'll see all three of them but otherwise you can just see two of them you'll see the one you're fighting and the one you're you're kind of working with they aren't bad but they're by no means unthinkable they're just like yep those are giant bug monsters of some sort like there's (laughs) there's nothing there that was like Mm -hmm. oh there's even sections of the game when you watch the the cinematics where they kind of you'll you'll see like a piece of them through a a mirror or whatever and like then it's different because then you're only seeing a piece of this thing right so it's either a big eye or just like a a glowing red rage or something you're like oh this could be really neat and then you finally see what it is you're like that's a crab all right like it's (laughs) i don't know that's my problem with anything lovecrafty and this does the same thing when you get to the end i don't know how you make that better because how do you define this giant fight uh, mm-hmm. where you're supposed to see these intergalactic or you know otherworldly beings fighting each other at some level. I did think that was cool. I did like the way that they do that last that last set of encounters so you have that kind of scale to it. But it, it was still like, oh, well, these things look goofy. I don't really know what I was expecting, but these are like Final Fantasy X enemies. I don't, <laughs> I don't quite know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> um, and also my other, my other main, not complaint, but you know, we mentioned... I think early on, Jeremy, you said like, oh, all the enemies and stuff are different in these levels. And at the beginning, that that is true. You'll run through a bunch of different kinds of enemies, but they eventually kind of repeat. And you'll see the same enemies over and over again. And depending which character you are, that means that some of them are going to be trivial fights and some will always be very difficult. And um, But but mm. I think like after about like six of these levels, and there's 12, I think 12 chapters in the game, after about six chapters, you've seen, aside from a few major boss fights or anything, you've kind of seen everything you need to see monster-wise. And it's just a lot more of the same. 
Um, I don't mind that necessarily because Resident Evil is the same. You know, they it's zombies and dogs, and then later on you're like, oh, a giant snake. But like, you don't see those every level. There aren't a lot of new characters till you mm-hmm. get to you know the the boss characters. This this does the same thing. But I, I did think it because it is more combat based. There were sections where I was just like, all right, I, I don't think it's getting long, but I, I'm I'm tired of fighting these things. I would love to just go on to the next puzzle. Um, also, the puzzles are not as as in depth as uh, Silent Hill. You know, we've talked about having some puzzles yeah. that might be too difficult or slide puzzle for no reason or whatever. This doesn't have that. The puzzles in this are much more get an item, go to a certain spot, get a rune, go to a certain spot. Um, I don't mind that either. If you're going to have a faster action game, I think I prefer that. Um, but I do also like a good puzzle, and this doesn't have anything that's going to rack your brain too hard. Yeah, I, I, I that that's that echoes one of my thoughts, um, and it probably just for playing Silent Hill. You're used to those those puzzles in there that make you think just a little bit. I love that aspect of it. Like uh, you're going through all this this horrible stuff and uh, fighting these monsters, but kind of got to stop and think for a minute. Um, but this one doesn't. Yeah, it's it's more. It is just take this item here and there. But I I feel like with this game they they want to keep it moving, which is not a bad choice at all. Uh, let's, let's keep it moving. Um, I, I ended up not with a lot of gripes. Um, but like you said, that the, the enemies, you do start seeing a lot of the same faces again and again as you go along. I, I think my main thing with it was I, the, the guns on this game suck. They're, they're rough. Especially uh, those, those old-timey pistols. <laughs> God Almighty, and uh, they take probably what is an accurate amount of time for that back in those days <laughs> to load, and you you can't. Th- there is no just manual reload. It is you run out of ammo and reload. So that there is, I I don't know. I think that takes a bit of strategy out of it and just adds a bit of luck. Uh, just hope that you you've got a little space or you dropped them before that reload starts up. Because it's 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 out of your hands. But yeah, the, the guns on this game, with the exception of a few, uh, elephant gun, ton of fun. Uh, most of them, yeah, I, I just not hitting on a lot. Uh, and I usually like playing melee on these games anyway. I guess that's why it's not not as big a deal. But there are times where you you got to use those guns, and it's, it's just not enjoyable. I think they do this thing with the guns, where like the faster you shoot, like the Yes, it, it doesn't hit. Yes, all. so you've got to like shoot in a steady. You know, you, yeah. you can't really shoot too fast. The game punishes you for it, uh, so it just really makes guns not very fun to use in general. Um, but for me, like I really remember just not liking the end of the game, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it came to that tower at the very mm-hmm. end. Yeah, oh, um, oh, and yeah. I, you know, we're not spoiling anything, but there is uh, a tower at the end where you need to do a lot of things <laughs> to, yeah. to, com- to complete it. And then like literally like the next stage, you have to do it again, yes. you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's even harder the next time. And it's just like, good God, I, I had enough of it the first time um, because uh, a lot of the sections for those are, especially in towards the end of the game, there's uh, we, you know, some of the enemies are in most of them, they're hack and slash. But then there's some that like these little scorpion dudes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, they're they're just on the floor, and you can't really do anything to them, and they can sense your sound, uh, so you have to be super quiet to move past them. 
Uh, but if they hit you, they send you to the underground dungeon, basically, and you got to get out of that. And that's a whole other thing. But yeah, the end of the game uh, and, and those those sections towards the end, I really I had to push through those. You know, I, I wanted to because I really liked the game and all that. But, you know, especially coming back around, if I wanted to play through it again uh, later on down the road like I have, I usually kind of check out about halfway through the game <laughs> because, it, you know, you've seen most of it. You've seen the most of the good stuff anyway, and the yeah. rest of it can start to get a little tedious with what it wants you to do and how it wants you to play it. I have the same problem with most Resident Evil games. Like, I love the first parts of all of them when it's more like you have a very limited amount of bullets and you're trying to really sneak your way around and, and figure out what's going on. But once it always devolves to, uh, you know, oh, now you're in a military lab and you have more weapons. And I'm always, I'll play it because I like it. But, you know, like Code Veronica we did last year or two years ago, whenever we did it, like the first half of that game we were in the castle, I love. As soon as you get to the military base, I'm like, I don't want to play mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. I have had mm -hmm. enough. And this is kind of like that when you get to the end. I don't think it's that long. And thankfully, as, he, as we mentioned, this is not a very long game. In fact, before, right before this, I, I watched a one and a half hour speed run. They did a lot of cheats to get that speed run. But still, it was a one and a half hours to get through the whole game. I think if you did this without cheats and just went through straight, you could still blow through this in about three and a half hours. Like it's not a long game. Uh, once you know what to do, the first time you got to learn everything, and you know, you you don't avoid all your fights. But if you know what you're doing, you know what fights you can avoid. Three hours, not a big deal. So your your third run through of this wouldn't take too long. But I, I can see the game getting, you know, especially that last area. Maybe it's one of those like, all right, I'm going to finish this because I want to finish it, but I'm not enjoying this last level. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do think that the end fight kind of makes up for it i like how it it's another one of those kind of you know a lot of a lot of games try to end with like an epic final fight i think this actually does a pretty good job of of feeling epic even though i think the actual models for some of those characters are a little mm. bit underwhelming because you know it's never going to match the horror that you can't imagine right so it but but still pretty neat oh, and and there's yeah. nothing else that's really quite like this like there's a lot of games that try to do a sanity meter i think there's some newer games that, that do very similar things uh, mm -hmm. but, but as far as it mm -hmm. for you know finding something on the gamecube ps2 dreamcast you're not gonna find anything that really has this this same feel to it yeah. so i still highly recommend it but as billy said there has not been a remake or a remaster of this no. uh silicon knights went on to do the metal gear solid the twin snakes for the gamecube uh followed right. up by two human for the xbox 360 and then x-men destiny a game that i totally forgot existed uh and then mm. uh basically tried to sue epic games over uh, some complaints they had over the unreal model unreal engine uh, and then during that lawsuit, uh, a bunch of other developments came out where it turns out that uh, that Silicon Knights had stolen a bunch of code from uh, Unreal and used it, uh, or from from the Unreal Engine and used it inappropriately. And so then they got sued back and lost all their money and had to close the studio. So there has not been anything else from them since. There have been a couple mm. attempts to do like Kickstarters from the same, like the 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 mastermind of of Eternal Darkness, uh, but it, nothing ever got funded because he's never been able to put a game together after X Men Destiny. So. Uh, hopefully, I, I would love, if, if you're going to put GameCube games back out on the Switch, this is one. I know they may not own the rights to it, but if they publish it, maybe they do. I have no idea. I'd love to see this show up again uh, as, as a game for people to play, you know, now. Yeah, uh, man. I, I, yeah, maybe just maybe just port it over because I didn't know these were the two human folks. So maybe maybe I don't want them making it, <laughs> I guess. Maybe, maybe I don't. Yeah, and I mean, if, if they use that stuff, if they use the, the stuff they stole to make too human, that was indeed an inappropriate use. <laughs> oh my God, what a pile of shit. Yeah, D Dennis Dyack yes. killed Silicon Knights. It wasn't, you know, epic killing them. It was 
it was his own doing essentially and and like i don't know if you guys really followed that stuff back in the day but a lot of the interviews he did especially around two human uh and it, it, even after that when he was doing x-men destiny like he was so goddamn full of himself uh you know he would just scour internet forums and and just shit all over people that said anything bad bad about two human um it, it was it was embarrassing uh and and just the overall any excitement that anyone had for for eternal darkness and and twin snakes and legacy of kane like it, he just kind of just shit it all away with his own personality he just got too full of himself thought he was invincible and there there went the whole studio and there went our our one chance to get a damn sequel for for this game which i still think is one of the most unique horror games that, that's ever been released So that's our thoughts on Eternal Darkness, a game that is hard to find today, but if you can find it, we definitely recommend it. It's nothing else quite like it, and hopefully we'll see a remake or remaster sometime soon to make it a little easier to play on the Switch, for example, hint, hint. But now is the scariest time of the podcast every episode, but especially around Halloween. That's right. I'm talking listener mail. Every episode, if you want to do listener mail, the best way to reach us is to go to retrovania.net. And after all the links to all our social media sites at the very bottom, there is a message form where you can put any question you want in this form. And it comes to us and we'll answer it on the show like we do right now. That's yeah, right. I'm, kinda, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking already. Well, you should be. Because um, we've, we've got a couple of uh, Halloween questions here that I wanted to get through. And just going forward for the rest of this month, if you send any question questions in, after this episode that have to do with Halloween, I will read those on the next episode uh, instead of going back through the backlog because I don't want to read your Halloween episode questions in February of next year. <laughs> so um, if you got some, send them in, and that's what I'm going to do with these. We're going to start this one with Grunch the Munch, and he's writing in about Halloween. First off, thank you for all the hours of hot podcast love you all provide on my many, many hours on the road. I don't think this one's been asked before, though, and since Halloween is approaching, I wanted to know what, if any, Halloween traditions that you may have. Any certain movies or games that you bust out to get extra spooky with this month. Mm. If this has been asked before, then please ignore this. Keep up the podcasting. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this other one here because it kind of goes along with it. And this one comes in from Crystal Lake Management at gmail.com. Mm. And they're writing in, a, in about Halloween at its greatest. Hey guys, I'm here to ask when you start your Halloween celebrations. I start mine at the beginning of September by putting up my decorations and watching Halloween cartoons, specials, and shorts. Also, mm. what is your favorite B horror movie or horror, horror movie franchise in general? Keep up the good work, James Winterbolt. So basically, what do you guys do for Halloween? Well, yeah, I. I also start usually middle um maybe last week of september we we were good and decorated about the last week of september uh this year uh but no october every day uh and usually without fail uh, i i'll try to watch a different different scary movie uh i have some favorites the evil dead films will come out 
um, including those new ones pack a pretty good punch too. Um, I'll try out some brand new ones I haven't seen before. Uh, and, and of course you got your, your old favorites, your, your Hellraiser one and two nightmare on Elm street three usually, um, try and every weekend, you know, we, we've already done a, done a corn maze. Um, you know, Jeremy's had scarier times in cornfields, but we did a little corn maze. Um, we will do some haunted houses here and there. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's just I try to try to do something. Uh, sometimes it's just watching maybe an old Halloween special or an episode of the show, uh, just to get something out there when it when it needs to uh, needs to be a little shorter. Uh, but no, but on Halloween Day itself, um, I, I take off work and I take off the day after. You don't want me showing up to work the day after Halloween. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll cook. I've got some spooky cuisine. I make usually these pizza skulls, uh, fuck pigs in a blanket. But of course, you know, you put the, put the googly eyes on them. So they'll look like mummies after you, t- after you take them out of the stove. Um, yeah. And, and just make some drinks used to every now and then I'll get a little bit of dry ice and chip off the tiniest bit, drop it in my, my adult beverage, make it even scarier. Oh, don't do it underneath the smoke alarm. I did learn that one Halloween uh, things that, that that was a jump scare. And no, but I will always sit down and I will save Halloween, the original Halloween one and two. I will save for for the 31st and, and I'll start them up, kick back. I'll get a couple in me. I'll get some pepperoni skulls in me and just wait for the wait for the knock at the door wait for the doorbell to ring, which doesn't happen much. That's a damn shame. Uh, we're surrounded by kids. We got two last year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but as far as favorite B film, I can tell you my favorites at the time because this fluctuates. And I and I, I don't drop Evil Dead 2 into that category anymore. It's transcended. Uh, but Evil Dead is probably one of my favorite franchises. Um it doesn't mean it, you know it, it has a lot more to it than bad i hadn't seen a bad evil dead film you know some are they're varying quality but uh my favorite i have two favorite kind of b films right now one is slashers which is about a, a a japanese game show in which these five americans are sent in four or five might be six shit between four and six are sent in and they are literally hunted down by these 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 killers it's it's like a, an even bloodier version of Running Man, basically. Uh, and that, that's a great film. Um, but, but my favorite right now is Demons at the Door. Cheap as they come. I'll, I'll tell you how little this film has going for it. Uh, the, the advertisement on the front is that the, the soundtrack is by the Insane Clown Posse. Uh, who, hey. I'm a fan, but when that's like you're when you're not touting something else on the front, when that's what you're touting, mm, you're in for a ride. But it is uh, just it, some of the worst effects I may have ever seen. That's saying a lot because I've clocked some time in. But I don't know. I have a, a real soft spot. Real, it does that thing where when you're watching something, you physically start to feel ill. 
And it's not because of anything graphic. It's just like, I don't, I don't know if it's the design or the color palette or what it is. But yeah, I, I, I get a little nauseous every time I watch it. And not, not just because I know I'm wasting 90 minutes of my life. Uh, I, I'm very similar. I will watch horror movies all the time, but I do that even before mm-hmm. October. That's just yeah, a normal thing. It's the, the staple of my movie watching, especially if I'm alone. Um, I do save Halloween for the days right before Halloween. Halloween 1, 2, and mm-hmm. 3 specifically. I do love Halloween 3. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, Halloween 3 I normally will put on right at 8 o'clock. So when there are kids watching mm-hmm. or walking by, if I'm at home giving mm-hmm. out candy, if it's my turn to do that this year, uh, then I will have that blaring in the background, the Halloween song. Mm-hmm. I, I do love it. Um I start decorating beginning of October. Uh, my wife has made a very firm decorating set of rules around any holiday because mm. last year I tried to start Christmas uh, basically the day after Halloween was told that's never going to fly. Uh, so Halloween's also very similar. We start Halloween October 1st, but my younger son is very much into Halloween. It's still like his favorite holiday. So we go out before uh, before October and find a few new decorations every year. He, he keeps adding mm-hmm. to our giant pile of decorations. Uh, he was, I cannot tell you how excited he was that next to our target, which is maybe a two mile drive from my house. It's not a big deal. Uh, there was a Bed Bath & Beyond that is closed. Now, I know that makes everyone oh sad. Everyone's God. excited for Bed Bath & Beyond. Guess uh-huh. what's there today? Spirit, spirit. Halloween. And he because was... Three, because three miles from my house, there's a Spirit Halloween and a closed Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh my God. He, you would have thought we were going to Disney World. Like he was, he wanted me to film him walking in and he, he was so excited. We walked through the whole store several times. He was like, dad, I hope they have, there's some monkey he wants that was there last year, like this giant gorilla called Chim Chim or whatever. Mm. He's like, I need Chim Chim. And they didn't have it. And he was very sad, but he still found some other decorations mm. he likes. I'm not buying a $200 animatronic. I'm not doing it. Uh, but we did buy some other stuff. We have lots of, of decorations, so we'll continue to do so. Uh, but yeah, we start we start really decorating on the first. We plan all through September, uh, and then I do watch movies. As far as my favorite B movie, that's tough. Uh, I mean, of all time, you mentioned Evil Dead, which is a good one. But there's two movies that I will watch anytime they're on, if and I have them both on DVD, so I can put them on whenever and I watch them, and I never get tired of them. Is both Night of the Creeps. And Night of the Comet. I love both of those movies, but they're not very Halloween. I guess Creeps is kind of, uh, but they're not really Halloween movies. They're just general great 80s horror movies that I enjoy, um, but they're definitely, you know, B level. Uh, but for this time, I'm more into the more like the found footage stuff lately. I talked to Billy about this a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Grave Encounters is a series that him and I have mentioned, or Hell House, the first Hell House specifically, Hell House. are great movies. They have that Halloween feel that. Kind of the cheaper you go and the less graphic you make those, the more I'm into it if they're just kind of unnerving. Grave Encounters mm-hmm. is a great unnerving one. So I do like mm-hmm. those. We just mentioned the VHS movies. Uh, VHS 85 just came out. We both just watched that. Um, yeah. I uh, Speaking of Spirit of Halloween, there's a Spirit of Halloween movie that came out that is trash. Don't watch that. It's awful. It's a kid's movie. It's basically like Goosebumps, I would say. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm just not the audience for it, but I would skip it. But yeah. How, I, how, have, we not, how have we not mentioned Bad Ben? I was going to say, Billy, I'm shocked you did not mention Bad, Bad Ben as your favorite series uh, of all Are time. You? <laughs> uh, now, Bad Ben is the, is the level where I'm not quite on. I've seen them. I, I don't quite get your love for them, uh, but I would in no way list those as my favorite B-movies or ever recommend them. But Grave Encounters and Hell House, specifically the first one, yeah. but the all three oh, yeah. are pretty good. There's actually a prequel coming out later this 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 month I'm excited about. Are, are all worth your time. Man, Spirit Halloween's like going hard this year. Like, they they've really kind of upped their game as far as like what they usually do 
Like, it, there was, uh, we just put up a YouTube video, actually, that kind of chronicled a lot of the, the stuff that's in their stores this year. But I remember those dark days, like, just a few years ago when their store was just filled with those inflatable decorations. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. oh, oh, just awful. And, you know, if you want to put those in the yard, that's fine. But, man, it just really got me when you're walking into a spirit Halloween and you just see these kind of cutesy little things that are you know you can just sit in your yard and and blow your energy bill out the ass Mm -hmm. um but now they got like these giant animatronics and stuff like you can actually buy them and and some of them are pretty damn good uh so it was yeah it was pretty cool that's actually something i do during october is is go around to different like spirit halloweens and and some of the you know we've got a few i'm sure you've got a few too uh, Billy, where there's just uh, someone has decided to use one of the old fireworks stores from the July 4th and just make it into a cheap yes. Halloween store. <laughs> yes. And they've we- got like <laughs> the worst, you know, it's like the, the lowest of low uh, of stuff that you could put in there. You know, the cheapest things that you could possibly buy for Halloween. Oh, it, it's exclusively uh, exclusively stocked by like Wish. Yeah, it's it, it's. it's-, it's- Amazing, and I love going into those and, oh, yeah. and seeing what they have. You know, anything that is just so bad that it, you know, mm-hmm. especially this time of the year, I I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, as far as traditions go, I, I'm not the biggest uh, scary movie person, but I do uh, make sure that I watch most of the the first eight or nine seasons worth of the Simpsons Halloween episodes. Oh yeah. Um, throughout the month. And uh, I'll I'll usually uh, find the uh, the old Disney Halloween specials on YouTube mm-hmm. and watch those. Uh, if anyone remembers those from back in the '80s, where it's just you know a, a bunch of kind of spookyish uh, animated mm-hmm. shorts from Disney that that has like actual real music, like Michael Jackson and stuff. They kind of make music videos out of them. Uh, I always loved watching those as a kid. You know, anytime that I saw those. Uh, being advertised in in October as like that was that was gonna be my night and I love that stuff that kind of stuff, um, man. Other things like it's just I got some weird stuff that I watch. Like I'll throw on some old JonTron videos, the uh, his old Halloween videos uh, on YouTube. Like I you know the stuff he did for like Goosebumps and everything like that. I I think that stuff's hilarious. Um, but man, as far as like movies go, I. Not really too much. You guys want to know the, actually the scariest fucking movie that that has, is in my head now is actually Beetlejuice um, because last this time last year I was actually waking up in the hospital from dying oh. and there was the day that I woke up and actually had some sort of conscious thought. It was the day I can't remember which channel it was, but all they were playing all day long was Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters 2, back-to-back, mm. all day long. Whoa, so it was like a bad dream. <laughs> like, I love Beetlejuice, and to a certain extent, Ghostbusters 2. But, like, I was waking up. I couldn't move, or barely move. I didn't know what had happened to me. And Beetlejuice was always on the TV. And I thought I had died. I mean, I actually yeah. basically did, but I was like, am I in hell? Like, is, <laughs> is this what hell is? Just watching Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters 2 in a hospital bed? And, you know, it, it's one of those things now, like if I even see Beetlejuice being played on, on TV or something like that, like it kind of takes me back to that. And it, it makes me uncomfortable, uh, which is unfortunate because goddamn, I really like Beetlejuice. Um, 
But no, for this year, I'm just excited to be around for Halloween. So that's hell yeah. That is a, a nice tradition that I'd like to keep going. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for writing in about Halloween. Always love talking about this this kind of or this time of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, James Witterbold and uh, Grunch the Munch. Thanks for writing in. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a golf clap. Nope, that's that's a quack. <laughs> that's a duck. There we go. <laughs> A, go- a golf quack. How many people are unsubbing from this podcast right now <laughs> because of our <laughs> our spare use of the Discord soundboard? We apologize. It will not be a permanent thing. I think. <laughs> yeah, don't write in some good questions, and then we'll we'll keep the the thing away. Uh, let's see who here's next. Let's let's do a video game one real quick. Yeah, well, and that makes we sense. A, we are a video game podcast. Then, then we got a couple more. We'll end up with because those those were some long Halloween questions. But it's that time of the year. Who cares? Mm-hmm. This one comes from the 16-bit big boss at gmail.com. And he's writing in about the Donkey Kong Country series. Hey, y'all, I love the DKC series. Even if you'd count Donkey Kong 64 as part of that series, there isn't mm. a bad game in it. If you don't count DK64, there isn't a game that isn't extremely great or better. It's a nearly perfect series, but it's been too long since we got a brand new game. Tropical Freeze for the Wii U was... A remake, or was just the old? Was that one was? It was. It was remade for the Switch. They re-released yeah, for the Switch. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that was a Wii U game. What would y'all like to see in a new DKC game? Personally, the idea of Kremlings, Tiki's, and Snowmads all making an appearance would be amazing. But I'd obviously like the Kremlings. But I obviously like the Kremlings the most. It's maybe a bit overdone in platformers, but DKC with a time travel mechanic would be great. K. Rule has some some dumb invention to try and steal the Kong's bananas and ends up sending them all through time. So the Kongs head through the time time to collect their bananas and imagine fighting Pharaoh K. K. Rule on a pyramid or a shootout in the Wild West with Gunslinger K. Rule or even Caveman K. Rule. Please, Nintendo, make a new DKC game. I'm a 33-year-old man. I should have better things to do than dream about dream about it. My lunch break and a platforming break than a platforming Donkey Kong. But I, no, I, I, it is. I, I have to echo that sentiment that there there aren't any bad games. There there are certainly some I like more than others, but none of them are objectively bad games to play. Uh, they're all enjoyable. Uh, they, they, if, but if we did a new one, it's like you're a lot more imaginative than me because I would just say, give, keep giving me more of the same. <laughs> give, give me more of the same. Give me more underwater levels uh, just because I love the damn soundtrack. Um, but no, I, I don't introduce any more damn Kongs. Keep it. Stop. We don't need any more of them. We have a, a nice core group. I don't know what you would do to freshen it up because I I really don't think you have to freshen a series like that up. Just put up a new one on new hardware and let it run. I, I can't say much that because I I do feel when it comes to side scrolling platforming, that that game uh, along with with Mario games have, have, they've nailed it. They've they've nailed it down. That's kind of cemented Nintendo's place as the king of these games. And I, just make it bigger. I would say make it bigger and better, but you can't get much better. Just make it bigger. That's about it. 
I'm surprised there hasn't been a new one announced, especially with Donkey Kong playing such a large role in the Mario movie that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. has been very successful. So I would not be shocked if we see a new Donkey Kong soon. I, if I would like them to keep it in the same vein as as Tropical Freeze and um, okay. Jungle, whatever the one before that was. Those are both very good, like solid platformers. Um, you know, maybe they should consider putting some barrels in the game. I like barrels. Uh, they've never had one in mm. one of those before, so that'd be fun. Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think like Billy. I don't know what else I'd say. Do differently. I mean, I, your time travel uh, storyline idea seems fine. I was worried you meant like almost like Sonic CD, where like you go fast and you go through time. I don't want that. I don't want. <laughs> I don't mm. want anything that crazy. Just give me different backgrounds, different areas. That's cool. Uh, mine carts in different different uh, centuries. I could take that. Um, I, I do like Donkey Kong Country. I would say, though, if you're going to list um, Donkey Kong and, and um, that the Mario games as being solid 2D games, I, I have to say the more recent Rayman games are also very good at what they do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I would, mm-hmm. I would put those up there as well. But that had nothing to do with the question you asked. I just thought when you mentioned it, hey, Rayman's good, too. So I thought I would share it. I wouldn't mind having like just the first game remastered. You know, I know Nintendo yeah. would would never do that, but man, I love that first Donkey Kong Country game. And uh, I I didn't even I I didn't play the second or the third. Somehow I played Donkey Kong Country sixty four, and I do not like that game. Uh, even as a, as a huge fan of three D platformers, especially around that time, I just could not get into that one. It was too many Kongs, too many collectibles. I kind of triggered my anxiety. Uh, So I would just, you know, like Jeremy said, let's just go back to regular Donkey Kong country. And and I I really like that uh, tropical freeze, like tropical freeze was amazing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you, if you want to keep doing those, I'd just be, I'd be totally fine with that. But yeah, thanks for writing in 16 big boss, 16 bit big boss. Um, Love to see a new Donkey Kong country game come out at some point. All right, let's finish off with a couple of short ones here. And this one comes in from D- DantedDragon99 at gmail.com. And it's about your celebrity crush. Peter Parker's porker here to ask who your first celebrity crush was. Oh, what God. real or fictional character gave you your first boner? Wow. Well, that's um, different than a crush. Wow. Let's be fair. Those are two different let's- statements. That's two two different ones. Well, it's two different ones, but uh, it, two different things. But one is probably one and the same. Um, uh, the the girl from the '80s film, just one of the guys. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Big, big, and the foreign exchange student in summer school. Those were the first ladies that I I recall admiring. That's I. I mean, I we're we're aging ourselves, guys. Not that I think anyone's shocked by any of these things, but they're gonna be like, "What are oh, these wait, movies? Can, Who are these folks?" Can, <laughs> can, I'll do a trifecta and I'll throw in the maid from Clue. Well, there you go. The maid from Clue is good. I, I would have to say uh, Ali Sheedy and basically everything Ali Sheedy was in at the time mm. was my mine at the time. Probably now still too, to be honest, but but definitely at the time. Uh, my normal one, I guess, would be Marky Post from Night Court. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought that was Bismarcky. I'm like, what? <laughs> Marky Post. That makes sense. I got it. Okay. You, I you thought said, she was. She you, was pretty hot. Biz, Bismarcky. <laughs> That's what I thought. It was like you said. I was like, Bismarcky. You, you said it. You said he was just a friend, Jeremy. <laughs> Actually, my my real uh, first crush uh, is, is probably way worse than that. Uh, 
did you got you got Jeremy knows the all Nintendo, three of the fat boys. Well, what? Well, he's <laughs> got a type, man. <laughs> you know that strategy guide that the players guide that came with the original Nintendo. Of course. Yes. Uh, yeah, it came with like stickers too, mm-hmm. and one of them it was uh, Link. I thought Link was a girl, and I fucking fell in love with Link, <laughs> like that sticker. And I, I was like, that was my first big crush that I remember was like just falling in love with that picture of Link on that sticker. I've still got it on the back of my Nintendo Power or Nintendo Player's Guide uh, that I stuck there as a kid. So yeah, that. You know, I was a dumb child. <laughs> I didn't know any better. Um, so that was that was probably my actual very first crush was Link. So there we go. Thank you for writing in Raw Dog McGraw. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, wait, that was the wrong one. Well, I'm, I'm reading his next. <laughs> See, that's an appropriate use of the new soundboard. See, I'm very excited for okay. it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for writing in Danted Dragon 99 Next up is Raw Dog McGraw, and he's writing in about, um, I don't know. Let's see. Off I'm not even going to read the subjects. What little bit of advice has someone given you about life that you still live by today? All mine are like really obscene. Yeah, we'll go with that. Go and with it, that. And this was advice I was given, mind you, um, probably between the ages of eight to 10. Um, my, my uncle of super black bass fame, uh, you, 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 we don't believe things too much on here. He said, Billy, he said, what are you growing up? He said, you find you a nice girl. Whatever you do, don't go out there. Don't stick your dick in crazy. <laughs> it was one. And my grandfather, as he was peeling off at about his mid, maybe 75 years old at that point, uh, peeling off for a date um, with a 50-year-old lady. And he says, he always told me, he said, Never go out with old women. It's <laughs> it's like fucking a bucket. Oh, Jesus. That, those, you know, probably the age. And I mean, what do you say? It's like, all right, Grandpa. Now all go right. play. Yeah, yeah. And I, my Uncle Sonny also said never to get married because it was very easy to get into and very expensive to get out of. Um, and I think he was on like his third at that point. So he was didn't practice what he preached. He didn't practice what he preached about the first bit of advice either. But yeah, that was, they just stuck with me. They just stuck with me. I've probably let them down here and there, but my, I do my, what I can. Mine are nowhere near as interesting as that. My family did not talk to me about having sex with a bucket. So I didn't hear about any of those things. <laughs> uh, but I guess the, the, the one thing I still use to this day is that it turns out nobody knows anything and no one really uh, has any idea what they're doing at any time. The, the world is just mm-hmm. a full of a circle of it's it's all, a whole world full of people that have no idea what they're actually doing and hoping nobody mm-hmm. realizes that they don't. So I feel better mm-hmm. most of the time because I've never known what yeah. I'm doing. I the only one that I can really think of is uh, when I was a kid, I was uh, over at my one of my cousin's friend's houses and he was showing like some racing game for the Nintendo 64 and was like super excited about it and, and telling us about like all the different features that you can do, you know. Uh, you, you press this for turbo and all this stuff. And then out of nowhere, he just says, press start to pause. And I was, a, as a kid, I was like, that's the dumbest thing you could have possibly told me. 
you know, as, and for some reason that stuck with me. And that I was have, on your damn, that was on your like Facebook profile. That is, that is on every single thing that I have as a profile. It is on my Steam profile. It's on uh, my PSN profile. It has that stuck is, with me forever. And I basically just re rejiggered it into basic meaning you can always press start to pause in life. You know, even though as, as crazy as things get, just stop for a minute mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. figure things out. You don't have to keep going. Yeah. You can always slow down and be like, all right, maybe things aren't as bad as they seem. So that's yeah. what I use that for. Uh, the only other one right. I can think of is Judge Judy right. always you're, says, you're, if, if, you, if you don't mind me, if you don't mind me, you're no, that, no. that first press start to pause. It does apply very well to life, not to games anymore, because it's like press options to pause now. That's true. Yeah, you, there is no press start to pause anymore on the controller, even though I will always call it start. <laughs> it right. is not options to me. What the hell um, did Judge Judy say? To Judge you? Judy always says, if you if you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory, and mm. that is very true, because I think we can go back through just about every single one of these episodes. And we have always stuck by everything we have said. We have never had any anything off. Like, I think we've all been able to, to say the weird shit that we've been into. And it it's consistent, mm-hmm. I think. Anyway, so, um, but that is the truth. You do not have to have a good memory if you just tell the truth. And as far as, like, what you do. And that has also stuck with me as well. But I think that is going to do it for all of the questions and you all get all right uh, the clap for sending that in we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get rid of that button i think we've already no. determined <laughs> no what's what's the other one? Oh boy right. Ooh. Ooh. See, we don't they don't give us like they, there's only like six on this soundboard um i have been feverishly right. trying to pull this soundboard up the entire episode and i can't get it well, that's a gift for everybody. Hopefully, we can figure out how to disable it for our next episode, which will be another horror-based theme as our final episode of October 2023 is coming soon. It's a listener request. So if you want to ask to have us cover your game like they're going to next episode, please join our Patreon. It's always in the comments of the episode, but it's also always found at Retrovania.net along with that cool question form. You can send in questions about uh, either Halloween items, and we'll talk about it next time, or video games, or having sex with a bucket. So we'll talk to you then. <laughs> God damn.